Welcome back to another edition of It's Raining Mets, CBS 21 meteorologist Steve Knight this week with... Ed Russo, how are you doing? I'm doing great. You know, we were just talking before we started the podcast about uh, our individual Thanksgiving. You and I haven't really had a chance to talk. Uh, we've talked, but we haven't really just chatted. We've talked business. So we were talking about our respective Thanksgivings, and thankfully we both had a great Thanksgiving. But that led us into discussing the great deliciousness that is eggnog. Oh my and gosh. I never knew that you were a fan and I'm a fan. Eggnog is one of those things. People either really like it or they just think it's disgusting. Well, you know, I you know, it. Steve, you know, Steve, my taste in music. I'm an old soul. Yeah, this is true. So I definitely like eggnog. You know, a lot of kids, when I was growing up, a lot of my peers didn't drink eggnog. I don't get it. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's 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 just like when you imagine something like it's the essence of good. Yes. Delicious. Yeah. When I was a kid, um, you know, back back in the day. I mean, this is way back in the day, Ed, before there were even VCRs. OK, Rudolph came on. Once it was always on CBS, but it, Rudolph came on once and, you know, they advertised it, et cetera, et cetera. Rudolph was often back to back. Uh, with Frosty, as it is now, still. Yeah. Um, Rudolph came on once, and a Charlie Brown Christmas came on once. And let me tell you something. When you were my age in the 70s, that one day that Rudolph came on, I mean, everybody talked about it for four or five days leading up to it. Hey, don't forget Rudolph's on Tuesday night. Don't forget 8 o'clock Tuesday night, Rudolph. Uh, you know, the station would advertise it like crazy. And every year when I was a kid, and me and my older brother, we would sit down to watch Rudolph, the one airing before Christmas and my mom would pour us. This is a big treat. We got to have a cup of eggnog and a Santa mug. And I'm telling you, like there, that may have been the pinnacle of my life, Ed. I'm not kidding you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you well, know, six years old in the seventies, right? Got a, got a Santa mug you. of eggnog yeah. watching Rudolph, uh, knowing it's the only time I'm going to get to see it because there's no VCRs. There's no DVDs. There's no now, streaming. Yeah. So you were much, you couldn't just watch whatever you wanted. You like, couldn't just yeah. watch it whenever you wanted. We had four channels and boy, you lived for when they did actually finally show Rudolph did, the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Did she put little cinnamon or uh, nutmeg on top? No, she put a lot of bourbon in it. Oh, she put a lot Kidding. of bourbon in it kidding yeah. my mom actually does listen to the podcast so mom <laughs> I'm not trying to throw you under the bus yeah. you know what that might have been her 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 secret for actually getting us to fall asleep after my brother and i were so hyped up from watching rudolph hyped yeah. up for christmas and then obviously eggnog has oh just a little bit of sugar in it uh, right well the thing is it's so good that you you learn it's so good that you're enjoying the taste so much because it's so delicious that you're learning to live in the moment Yes. And you don't care about the health repercussions. Of no, eggnog. no, you, I, we, I you didn't care. My mom it. did. I mean, it wasn't like we were allowed to have eggnog every day leading up to Christmas. It was, you know, it, it was special occasions. My dad right? and I would have it for breakfast, you know, oh. I, before I would go to school. Yeah. The, the bus in the morning. Yeah. We both sometimes have it for breakfast. Oh, you know? I, I mean, and I still love it. But it's funny because even now. I do try not to go because, 
You know, it's like when you get to that point when you're an adult and you realize, like, if I wanted to, I could drink a gallon of eggnog every day and no one could really stop me. Yeah. You know, what a what wonderful freedom that you don't have when you're a child. However, I am cognizant of the fact that on top of all the other fattening things I'm going to eat for the next five weeks, maybe a gallon of eggnog a day isn't a good idea. Well, you only live once. <laughs> So keep chugging that egg. Right. And if I do that, uh, my my only live once might uh, come to a screeching halt in 2023. So. <laughs> Let's hope not. There's that. <laughs> so anyway. Well, I got to tell you, um, if you're watching Rudolph and you don't have eggnog, that, I mean, that to me is at least a misdemeanor, if not a felony. And you should oh, well, you're communist, clearly. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, yeah, I can't. Clearly. I, probably, I can't, probably can't be friends with you. No. <laughs> That, that you just got crossed off my Christmas like, card list. That's such a, I feel like it's a, I don't know. I guess other places across the country do that too. But I feel like there's a lot of people that have that tradition in Pennsylvania. Yes, I, I agree. It's Pennsylvania thing, but. I agree. So about five years ago, my dad and I, we did like an, an, an eggnog off a, a taste test. And we bought a whole bunch of different eggnogs from, you know, different stores, some national brands, some local brands. And I got to tell you, and they are not a sponsor of this program whatsoever, but I'm just going to throw it out there. When all was said and done, Turkey Hill. Yeah. We both agreed. Turkey Hill had the best eggnog. Yeah. My girlfriend and her son, her son is 12, Neil. Yeah. And he absolutely loves eggnog. Oh, I, yeah. I, I don't, again, most kids, most of my peers growing up, it was just like, yuck. I, don't, I guess I don't they didn't know. like the name. They thought it was raw eggs. I, I don't know. It. Like you like yeah. candy and you like all this other stuff. Right. So much better than that. How do you not like this? But no, yeah, he absolutely like, we'll have to, we'll have to tr- control the amount of glasses he drinks. <laughs> like I think the other night he might've had two or three, yeah. but we, we told him he could, but right, right, right. He, and he'll even take a little cinnamon stick in it. Oh yeah. And get some nutmeg on top. Yeah. So and turkey hill eggnog—that's the stuff. Yeah. Well, when he, if he if he starts to reach for a cinnamon stick and the bottle of Jim Beam, it yeah. might be time to become concerned, Ed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right. So, I guess that this is supposed to be a weather podcast, right? That's what they tell us. Well, it's raining eggnog. It's raining eggnog. At least yeah. it was for the start of this podcast. Yeah. But let's 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 make this awkwardly smooth transition into talking about our weather because it has been up and down like you would not believe. I know. It's hard to believe how we started off November in the 70s and we ended it. We had some unseasonably cold days. And now December 1st, starting off, well, much like the season, cold. Yeah, cold. Yeah, what we like to call the start of meteorological winter is uh, December 1st to March 1st. So. Yeah, I mean, really, we get that the seasons align with the sun and the earth and latitude and da, da, da. But, you know, for all intents and purposes, uh, December 1st is the start of winter, really. Right, right. And uh, starting cold, for sure. By the way, I, I did put together a graphic today wrapping up November. And how about this? Uh, warmest day in November was back on the 5th. We hit 77 degrees on November 5th. That wasn't even a record. 
I thought we did. We not hit 80. I thought we hit 80. We, we didn't did hit 80 at HIA. We hit 77 was the best yeah. we did. We did break a record, I believe, like the day before at 76. We broke a record by one okay. degree. But yeah, the day that uh, we hit 77, if I recall correctly, I think the record for that date was 79. And it was old. Like it went back to like the 40s or something. Mm -hmm. But I would say this. I mean, first part of November was, I mean, just off the charts warm and i believe this last time you and i did the podcast together was about mid-november and uh we were talking an awful lot about how you know hey uh look out because the second half of november uh we've been we've been served a lot of fool's gold here for the first couple of weeks but it is going to get a lot colder yeah and the uh the funny thing is you know when you get a 70 degree day this time of the year it's normally it's one day and the, it comes with wind and rain right before right. cold. I mean, we got several days in a row. There yeah. Some days where the wind wasn't even, was, was, it was calm. Yeah. You know, yeah. so uh, it's hard to get a really warm day without immediately paying the price with either rain or wind, or it's all happening. Like as it's 70 degrees, it's windy and rainy. And we didn't, we saw some really nice days. Yeah. That I'm actually just pulling up the number day. here because so the average high for the month, was 57.1 which is about two and a half degrees above average and i i gotta tell you like i just the numbers are the numbers yeah. but you know we kind of live in the here and now and when i and when i looked at that this morning i went i just don't feel like that's completely indicative because that is way above average 57.1 but it's all being driven by the fact the first part of the month was so warm um so it, you know the month goes down as yet another month that was above average and you know, in, in, you could make the argument that pretty significantly um, above mm -hmm. average, but so much, it was so front loaded, <laughs> you know, it really was. I mean, the second half, I mean, there were parts of the country during the second half of November that was seeing historic cold. Yeah. Yeah. So, and we, we talked about this in our winter weather preview about, um, you know, the trend that we've had uh, month wise. And basically, if you go back over the last two years, you know, uh, 18 uh, I should say, yeah, 18 out of 24 months um, over the last two years before this November had been above average. Well, now we're 19 out of the last 25 months have been above average. So that's give or take about a 70% clip. I should say 77% clip here over the last two years. So I'm fumbling my way through trying to make this point, Ed. But what I'm trying to say is that over the last two years plus one month, 77% of the time we've come in above average. Yeah. And it's also interesting. We've been almost under the same kind of pattern. Yes. Um, with this Very much. So. That's but, an excellent yeah, point. This, I, you know, if you really point. kind of look, take a step back and look at it from 30,000 feet, you're right. I mean, we have really been in the same pattern. I hadn't mm -hmm. really thought about that, but it's almost like you do this for a living, Ed. Yeah. Yeah, I know a thing or two. Yeah, that is a rather astute observation. Clouds and precipitation and all that. Yeah, so let me ask you this. Uh, here we sit. Uh, as we're recording this, we're recording it on December 1st. It'll drop on December 2nd, um, which December 2nd will come in, give or take, probably close to where we should be on average. Uh, so we are going to start the month off at least a little bit below average temperature-wise. Uh, where do you see, what do you think about this month? 
So I think the first 10 days of December are probably going to average near to slightly above normal. Yeah. And um, I think the second half of the month is looking really interesting. And we've talked about how we're in this triple dip, dip La Nina. Yes. Expect the same thing you saw last year, except expect the same thing you saw before, you know, the year before that. There are a couple things that can happen, though, that can not necessarily cause the La Nina influence to back off, but there are certain more important teleconnections that if they're strong enough can have a more of a prominent effect on what's going on sure. at least in the near term. So yeah, talked about the North Atlantic oscillation and how, if it goes negative, it sets up a pattern where you get cold air that gets locked in into the Northeast US. Yeah. And we're seeing signs that there is a huge ridiculous amount of warm air that's going to be soaring up through Greenland. Yeah. And what that's going to do theoretically is dislodge some Arctic air from the Arctic circle, force it South over Canada into the Eastern United States and lock it in place for a week, maybe two. You know what that means, don't you? Dun, dun, dun. A polar vortex. Yes. Vortex, 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 vortex. You went there. Now yeah, well, if if, if if that does verify, uh, we can tell everybody, look forward to, uh, you know, all of the dramatic uh, verbiage that uh, everybody can come up with to describe the fact that it's just really cold. Yeah, especially if, you know, you're dealing with some places that could potentially get record lows. Sure. And you have an East Coast snowstorm uh, that's also getting attention. But obviously, you know, this is still two weeks out. You could We, we could get into a great pattern for snow. Yeah. But if, if the ingredients don't come together, it could just be a cold, dry pattern. I mean, we see that a lot around here. So there's not the, – the pattern to me is exciting. Yeah. For snow lovers during yeah. the second half of – Just because we'll have the temperatures. Just because we'll have the temperatures, yeah. but it does not – by any means guarantee a storm so yeah. and and i think you know over the next couple of weeks we're going to see the gfs and the euro show us show a significant snowstorm seven to ten days out every week i agree but, i agree yeah but, and and then of course once you have one model showing a significant storm then it gets hyped up and so i think we're going to be dealing if we're not dealing with the snowstorm we're going to be dealing with the hype storm Maybe multiple. Yeah. yeah, right. Maybe both. <laughs> maybe, maybe both. Maybe, maybe both. both. I'm saying I'm feeling better about a colder and snowier second half of December than I have the past two winters. Yeah. Uh, what's funny because, you know, you and I hadn't, like we discussed earlier, we really hadn't had a chance to really bat a few things around. And um, so last night I'm getting my hair cut and, you know, there is no better place, right. Anywhere than, you know, sitting in, you know, the barber's chair. Um, people always talk about the weather, you know, when they're getting their hair cut anyway, and then yeah. you walk in and, you know, if anybody recognizes you as the weatherman, of course you're going to get, but uh, mark it down last night, 30th day of November. First person to ask me, Hey, Steve, you know, please tell me we're going to have a white Christmas. And my response was, more so than in other years, I like our chances. Yeah. Like, I, you know, I, I was like, yeah, I, I, there's some years I would say to you, hey, you can yeah. never say never, but it's the odds just don't favor it. And the odds still don't favor it. Um, 
but I like our chances a lot better than to your point the last couple of years. Yeah, because you know, right? You know, statistically, in any any given year, very unlikely we see a white Christmas. Now we're getting to the point where we're looking at the pattern that's yeah. specific to this year, and uh, just based off of the pattern that we believe we're going to be getting into. Yeah, yeah. In any given year, our chances of seeing a white Christmas are higher, but they're still not likely. Yeah, just higher. Right. Than you know, you're a big fan of, like me, you're a big fan of the uh, the analogies. And one of the good ones that you always bring up is, you know, a snowstorm is is like a cake. And you've got to have, you know, all of the ingredients. They've all got to come together at, you know, at mm-hmm. the right time. And um, you got to look at, you got to look at precipitation and cold air as like the two big ingredients, right? Like the flour and the eggs or whatever, you know. And then the other little stuff is like the oil and, you know. But um, just the mere fact that we're going to have potential for one of the key main ingredients there. But it's like you were talking about earlier. Um, a lot of times, even those polar vortexes here in central PA, um, they set up as almost like a big dome of high pressure dry air. And it's really cold. Um, but we get into an also a moisture starved pattern. So We'll just have, you know, will we get a low? Will we get a Miller A or a Miller B? Yeah. Uh, you know, will we get, will we get a low um, that can bring us some golf moisture and, and the right track and, and a, a weakening high? And, uh, but I like our chances. I do. And there's something to be said. And Tom talks about this a lot, you know, the gut feeling. Mm-hmm. I, I think there's something to be said for the gut feel. I've got a gut feeling that we've got a chance for, for, uh, a plowable snowfall in December. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm feeling too. Yeah. I mean, that's just, that's just kind of the way that I, I see it now, whether or not that's going to happen, you know, and still be around for the holidays that I'm not ready to get married to well, a couple years ago, we had a storm December 17th. Yes. yes. And a, a, a cold front came through Christmas Eve and melted it all. What a slap in the face that was. It was. I remember having the great debate at that point in time, like, okay, like, is it a white Christmas if you've got week old snow on the ground? Oh, yeah. I mean, all brown and crappy looking and still, you know, road debris all over it and whatever. I mean, you know, or does it have to snow on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day? You know, right. What quote unquote white Christmas I mean, I, I, of course, everyone likes freshly fallen snow. If there's snow on the ground and it's sunny, great. Yeah. I'm happy. I got my fix. But really, I mean, obviously the creme de la creme is the yep. gently falling snow, yep. um, which, which, you know, we're talking of, you were talking about that cold dome. I mean, if we're looking really super cold and with the strength of this Greenland block that we've yeah. been talking about, this negative NAO, yeah. I mean, if it's super strong and we get yeah. some really, really cold air, that locks in here. I mean, yeah. I would say we're probably going to be seeing a, a a wasted pattern of cold, dry air. Yeah. Yeah. And in that situation, I could even say the deep parts of the deep south of the Carolinas have a better chance of seeing a white Christmas because yeah. the storm track is just suppressed. Yeah, that yeah. much further south. So, right. you know, it's it's a very interesting when you start to throw in this this kind of pattern. And you know, I feel like. 
for whatever reason, you know, I know it snows out West regardless of the pattern. Cause obviously sure. you have some mountains out there. Yeah. Right. There's, there's something about snow falling in the Eastern U S that just gets people excited. It does. Well, you know, you've also got the, the density of the population centers. Yeah, I, you know, I think so when it goes up through the DC, Baltimore, Philly, I mean, New York, Boston corridor, it's, uh, it's I mean, a that's, that's where most people in this country live. Yeah. And it's, you're talking about, um, people that are going to be witnessing that old fashioned white Christmas that you only see in the movies. Yeah. Um, and I think it just, it just becomes magical for people. So it just generates a lot more attention. I think that's where that comes from too. I, I got to go back and look, but I'm I'm pretty sure that our record snowfall for Christmas Day. I'm pretty sure this is. In fact, I'm I'm making some mouse clicks right now. Why not? We've got a few more minutes left here on the podcast. Um, I'm pretty sure that the record was 20 years ago. Uh, December of 2002. That was December 5th. I feel like that is, oh, let me pull, I'm trying to pull up the Daily Almanac for Christmas Day. I feel like that was when we had the record snow. Oh, December 25th. Yeah. We got eight inches. Oh, that was awesome. I remember that would have been. Yep. 2002. 2002. Yep. I just pulled it up. Eight inches. Good job, Ed. Eight inches is the record. For Christmas Day, and it was set back in 2002. So this is the, going to be the 20-year anniversary. And the reason why I remember it so much, that was my first Christmas at CBS 21. I should have an ornament that says first Christmas at CBS. And it was a white one. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah. And, and then, yeah. yeah. And, oh, man. You know, I remember that year because it was raining on Christmas Eve. We go down to Baltimore with uh, my family. Um and uh, Cockeysville, Glen Arm area, Timonium. Sure. Yep. We, we went down there, you know, it was kind of drizzling. It was kind of a gloomy day. And we all, we all met up at my aunt's house. And, and once it got dark, we decided to flip on the light. And as soon as we flipped on the light, these big, fat, wet snowflakes were yeah. falling. There was no wind. Everything was whitening up. You got that perfect mix of the, of the, of the snow falling in the green blades of grass yep. and it, it was serious. Seriously, was something magical about it. And everybody was like, Oh my gosh, you know, and it was Christmas Eve of all times. Yeah. <laughs> and then that night it just, it went downhill. Yeah. I remember we, we had a really long drive back to York. We finally got to our house. My grandfather forgot his insulin. Oh, so my. we, they had to go back out at midnight to York hospital to get him more insulin. And it took forever. Yeah. Um, but it, you know, and then the next day it was just a complete whiteout. Yeah. Day. I mean, it was, it was one of the best white, white Christmases I had ever witnessed because it started snowing Christmas yeah. Eve during the yeah. evening yeah, and then it continued to snow gangbusters through Christmas day. Well, it's- I would say this, um, having lived through it in the news business, yeah. I, I don't, I don't want it to have, I don't, I, I, I don't need that to happen again. <laughs> I'm sure you don't. Everybody got called into work. Yeah. I mean, you know, and uh, this was just at the advent of cell phones. So you really couldn't even say that, you know, you weren't available. You were, you know, wherever, like everybody could pretty much be reached by 2002. Um, You know, so yeah, it was, it did not make for a Merry Christmas in the news business or for yeah. PennDOT or for, yeah, it was, 
beautiful for every for everybody that was already off that had nowhere to go. Awesome. Awesome. But for those of us, <laughs> it stunk. I had to leave my family. Uh, my son, geez, he would have been, he would have been two years old. Yeah. My younger son was not born yet. No, I take it back. My younger son was a baby. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So Chris was born in, in August of 2000. Cameron was born in October of 2002. So yeah. So I left my wife at home with a two-year-old and a three-month-old and said, I got to go into work on Christmas day. Yeah. You, you can imagine how well that went over. Wow. Yeah, you know, I see there's two sides to to these stories, you know. Mine was a great experience. Yours right, because you were younger, it was you yeah, know, really cool family. Yeah. So but yeah, yeah, that's what you know. I obviously love weather, but when you get in the news business, yeah. weather you like, you can't necessarily experience because yeah. you've got to be covering it. And sometimes in yeah. the studio and you can't even be looking out the window. So yeah, I'm all for the white Christmas as long as it falls on like the twenty third, right? Yeah. So we can all <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah for the holiday. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, I, and you know, the anticipation that the snow on the ground leading up to Christmas, that that's some of the best time to have. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. So to summarize, Ed and I think it's uh, going to get colder. We've got chances for a white Christmas and we are both hashtag team eggnog. We are team eggnog. We are team eggnog. All right, buddy. Good catching up with you. Yeah, you too, Steve. All right. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to another edition of It's Raining Mets.